All right, Ryan. So today we're going to talk about uh, how to not get taken advantage of when you're financing equipment for your business. Probably a good one. <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot of areas that we see uh, we see you know people get stuck in situations that um, you know that really are not to their benefit, uh, whether it's because they didn't understand what they were doing or they got stuck working with some kind of shady company or shady sales rep. We're just going to talk about one today, which is uh, what we call uh, getting FMV'd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunately very lucrative for the sales rep, but yes, not so much for the uh, person yep. financing the equipment. All right. So I want to break it down with, with an example. So let's say you go to the, let's say you, you're going to buy a $50,000 piece of construction equipment. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a used piece of, of yellow iron. You own a construction company. You go to your dealer. That dealer refers you over to some finance company or, or maybe a finance company happened to call you and, you know, you're working with them on, you know, you tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go, shopping for some construction equipment. Can you help me out? So you find a piece of equipment, you get, um, you know, you get your, your term sheet from the finance company. Let's say for the sake of example, you're buying a $50,000 piece of yellow iron and you're going to pay a thousand dollars a month for that over a 60 month term. So you got a five year term, thousand dollars a month. You're going to pay $60,000, $10,000 in interest for your $50,000 piece of equipment and you're pumped, right? Great deal. <laughs> so you make those payments. Uh, five years later, you get done. You send your last payment in, and then you get a piece of mail from your finance company. Open it Hold up. Hold the phone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an invoice for some $10,000. <laughs> and you thought you were done. You thought you just made your last payment. And uh, now they're telling you, you owe them another 10 grand. So you call them up. Turns out you didn't read the fine print. <laughs> so these numbers are just for example, obviously. Um, and uh, I should have started out with this, but obviously this is not legal advice. When you're dealing with contracts, consult with your lawyer. Don't be a fool but we're going to give just some, uh, some red flags of things some that tips we on see what to happen. Look out for. Yeah. What to look out for. So what just probably happened to you in that scenario is you got F and B yep. and what that for, means is no, go ahead. You're about to ask say, me to break that, that down. I'm sure <laughs> it means fair market value. Uh, you fair, can see it as F and B or fair market. Yep. Value. So fair market value. All that is, is when you finance equipment, there's a lot of different structures that you can use to do that. And one of the most common ones is a lease, right? Uh, an equipment lease. And when in, whenever you lease a piece of equipment, you're going to have some type of what is called an end of term purchase option. A lot of people don't even realize that they don't even get that far. They just get sent a term sheet that says a thousand dollars a month, 60 months, they sign it, they're pumped and on their way, right? Because you're trying to run a construction business. You're not an expert on finance and finance structures and um, 
you don't have time, you know, you don't have time to be an expert in that. So it's really important, first of all, that you're working with somebody that you, you know, and trust and, um, it feels like, you know, if somebody gives you a weird feeling, find a different company, it can start as simple as that, but we do want to try to equip people to be knowledgeable about what they're, what they're looking for and what they're looking at when they're signing, uh, you know, these, these finance contracts for their equipment. So this is something that's really, um, really common. And it's a big part of why we started our business uh, is because we saw this happening in the industry and something that I'm super passionate about. Um, but so at the, the way uh, an FMV lease works is you make your, can you hear these guys mowing? Hope that's not terrible. <laughs> so you, uh, you have your 60 months or however long your term is. And at the end of that term, your purchase option in a fair market value lease is by definition, the fair market value of the equipment at that time. So in our example, um, you purchased a $50,000 piece of equipment. Let's say over that five years, it depreciates and is worth $10,000 at the end of your payment term. Well, when you got that bill, that invoice from your finance company, that is for the fair market value of the equipment as it is assessed after that five years. So you now have the luxury of <laughs> paying, paying them, uh, paying them whatever that fair market value is. And in our example, another $10,000 after you just paid $60,000 and thought that you were walking off into the sunset with your gear. It's a really terrible situation. And, uh, and there's a place for fair market value leases. They, they're treated differently tax wise. Again, this is not tax advice. Talk to your CPA. Um, they often will give you the, the, a much lower payment option than just straight financing. So there are reasons that people might want to do that. But the problem is in our, in the finance industry, nine out of 10 times that we run across it, the customer didn't know that they had, had no idea. Buyout. So at the end of your lease, you have an option when you get that invoice or I guess you could say you have three options. Number one, you can turn the equipment into the finance company. Probably not what you were looking to do after you just paid $60,000. Uh, yeah. for this, this construction gear, you can write a check for the fair market value lump sum amount, or they will be so kind if you cannot afford it to allow you to renew your lease for another 12 yeah. months. <laughs> so, Oh my goodness. Why would a finance company do this? Pretty self-explanatory, but that is, um, they, they have received all of their principal and interest and now they're just getting a lump sum commission. Yep. I mean, and that's unfortunate. To, yeah. To give people an idea, a sales rep might on that front 50,000, they might make two to three grand at the most, but on that back in $10,000 invoice, payment that you have to make the sales rep that sold that to you probably going to make $5,000 of that. Yeah. You know, so they're making a lot of times two, three times as much in commissions on the back end of these deals. Um, and 
you're Easily likely double commissions on their yeah. one deal. And you're, uh, you know, if you sign that contract, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do, uh, as a, uh, as a business owner. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of the, the biggest areas that we see in finance that cost people money. A lot of people worry a lot about their interest and obviously you want to be aware of that. You want to make sure you're getting a competitive rate, but the place that most people get taken advantage of are on the, the back end of these leases. Um, and again, there are reasons that someone might want to do that um, as a company, but you, if you don't even know that that's happening, you don't even get to take advantage of those uh, benefits during that five years because you didn't whatever structure your accounting the right way or whatever it may be. Um, so it's a, it's a mess. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's also uh, something called, and a lot of people think they're getting around it this way and they might be if they're careful with what they're doing, but there's what's called a dollar, a dollar buyout purchase option with a lease. So you make your 60 months lease payments and then you pay a dollar to keep your equipment. And that's great if that's correct, you know, structured correctly, but the issue with those is um, there's a nice little clause in some company documents, some finance companies documents, um, not all, but some of them that will say, hey, you need to give us notice within the last 90 or 180 days of this lease that you're going to exercise this dollar buyout. Why would they do something like that? Or else it's well, going to roll over. <laughs> <laughs> they're hoping that after five years, you will have forgotten that you need to send it, send them this physical letter snail mail saying yeah. that you want to exercise this dollar buyout. Um, Scary because we've seen it. Seen it. Uh, yeah, I just dealt with this yep. um, a couple months ago. That's exactly what happened to uh, you know this uh, this customer is they had a dollar buyout, but they forgot to exercise it, and now the finance company is wanting twelve thousand dollars from them. Um, so again, I don't want to lump, there are good companies out there. There are good sales reps out there. Every industry has good and bad, but make sure that you, uh, you know, can trust the person that you're dealing with. Ask questions. If you don't understand, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give people is ask questions. I love when customers ask a lot of questions of us because I know that we can answer it directly and simply. And if you're asking someone questions and they either can't answer or can't find an answer, um, or you should just talk move around along. the answer. <laughs> yeah. Just move along, find, find a different company. There, there are plenty of them out there, but as long as you haven't signed the paper, it's not too late to back out. That's, yeah, that's right. Understand, understand what you're signing. Ask the questions before you write checks and sign, sign documents. So, yeah. Um, yeah, is, is there anything that I uh, that I'm forgetting on on that topic? Uh, no, I mean, unless you want to touch about the tax benefits. Um, you know. I'll say that that's that's getting into the weeds. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that. But there are, I mean, consult with with your sales rep and your more importantly your tax yeah. professional on what uh what kind of lease structure would be best for you. And then there's what's called simply just want to avoid all this mess there's what's called an equipment finance agreement and the way that works is you make your 60 payments and you own the equipment there's no 
funny business at the end. And that's 90% of, of what we uh, work with uh, our clients on is just putting together equipment finance agreements. Unless someone specifically needs a lease, uh, you know, for their situation, we pretty much, uh, you know, don't have any reason to, uh, you know, to structure things that way for our clients. So we just try to avoid the thing altogether. And uh, if you want to own equipment and you are, you know, you plan on keeping your equipment at the end, 90% of the time, you're probably just going to want a finance agreement. Yeah. Um, so that's all, uh, that's all I've got on that. Um, brief and easy, but uh, you can save your business thousands and thousands of dollars if yeah. you just understand end yep. of term purchase options when it comes to equipment financing. And just um, be aware of who you're working with. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So cool. Well, that's, uh, that's our best practices uh, for today. Um, Blake and Ryan voyage capital partners, and hopefully you can take this and use it um, for your business, whether or not we ever get a chance to work with you. Uh, we just want businesses to be more knowledgeable and equipped. So knowledge is power, right? And subscribe for uh, more, more podcasts. Yeah, we'll definitely be, we'll be rolling out, um, you know, a lot more, you know, kind of what we consider best practices, what things to watch out for, what to look out for and how to avoid the pitfalls when you're trying to finance with your business. So cool. Peace.